evening, ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome back to Rosé Till Christmas Day, a show where we sit back, pour ourselves a glass, and discuss some of our favorite cheesy Christmas films. I'm Abby, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Emma. And this week, we are here to talk not one, but two Christmas films. Yeah, this week we've agreed to sit down and watch The Princess Switch and The Night Before Christmas, both starring a known Woody Allen apologist. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Vanessa. Vanessa, you could do better. This is just a big week for people just like disappointing you in interviews, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. <sighs> Come on, Vanessa. I'm just, yeah. You had it all. You had it all going for you, and then you had to say that. I know, right? We planned this weeks in advance, so I don't yep. think we would have gone ahead with like a full blown. I don't think we would have done a devil feature, at least, if we'd known she was going to yeah. have that sort of word vomit. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have called it Vanessa Hudgens Week. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We'll, we'll have to come up with a new name. Um, so, Abby, are we drinking anything in particular to get through this episode, or? Um, I'm drinking coffee. I'm drinking coffee, too, because we're doing this on Saturday morning. Yeah, we're doing this on Saturday morning because we're busy ladies. We're busy ladies. We both have jobs. And uh, we got two movies to get through this week, so we needed to take some time. Yep. And so I'm drinking some coffee, and I also have some OJ. Oh. Mm-hmm. Jay. Because I'm, I'm getting, I think I'm getting sick. <laughs> I'm upset. Gross. Gross. <laughs> I thought it was just like post-concert gunk because I went and saw the Jonas Brothers on Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, but now I think I'm genuinely getting sick. So, ooh, huzzah! Concert crud. Mm-hmm. Very concert crud. Um. So, what did you do to get into the spirit of Christmas this week, Ebby? Um, I decorated my door at my office. Oh, I saw that. The one with the Yoda all over it. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We decorate our doors every year for Christmas. um, And this year we do like little themes. And this year we decided to decorate them so they look like Christmas presents. Um, And I, of course, had to get Star Wars wrapping paper because it me. Yeah. And so like I ordered a three pack off of Amazon and... All of them had Yoda on them. So, shut up. You can't up. escape him. <laughs> I do. I hate him. Inevitable, he is. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm actually really proud of that. <laughs> that was very good. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> you're ready to get some nerdy Star Wars shit. Well, actually, I feel like I had like a couple of Star Wars references in my notes this week. <laughs> but yeah, so I got some Star Wars wrapping paper, put it on my door, got a giant bow and put it on my door and then got some like um, battery powered LED lights um, that I put in the little window of my door. So cute. it's very fun and festive. <clears throat> and then I, like I said, I saw the Jonas Brothers on Tuesday, and they played their new Christmas song, and it was great. I didn't know they had a Christmas song this <clears> year. <throat> yeah, it's called uh, Like It's Christmas. Mm. It was very fun. I uh, Well, I don't know. It's just like the Christmas spirit is just in the air this week. I can't really describe it. I don't know. Like, it's yeah. been fairly snowy in my area this week. 
and like they decorated out work this week and like yesterday we just had like a random like treat potluck where like everybody brought in like really sugary Christmas food for everybody to share because it was the end of the week and I have one coworker who's an absolute doll and was just like we need to do something so (laughs) that's how that happened um so I've just been in the mood I also bought eggnog flavored coffee so if you go to Marshall's or TJ Maxx at least in Canada this is the way it is like with that sort of Brand, family brand of changes. If we go to their coffee sec, there's an area where they sell coffee, and there's always like different flavored coffees, and there's usually like seasonally appropriate flavored coffees. And I was like, I'm gonna go see what they have, and I was so close to leaving with just like a generic Christmas spice, and then I saw the eggnog. I was oh, like, no. fuck yeah, I am getting some eggnog flavored <clears throat> caffeine in my body. <laughs> so that's what's happening and i think that's actually contributed greatly to my christmas spirit this week so is that the kind of coffee you're drinking right now yes so before we kind of get into this week uh we i feel like we mentioned it last week on our show but i feel like we should mention it again where vanessa hudgens said she doesn't really believe that woody Allen is a creep Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically read as someone who is so thirsty to get quote unquote good work that yeah. she's willing to ignore any and all accusations against anybody yeah. to work with them. So, you know, if this is going to make you uncomfortable, please don't be afraid to turn this episode off. She's out of, like, she either needs to do some work on like self I don't know, but like, yeah. Don't blame you if this is not going to be your jam this week. So, um, which is disappointing because, like, Vanessa, I mean, for a myriad of reasons, Mm -hmm. but also, like, Vanessa Hudgens has had a good career lately. (laughs) Yeah, she was doing great. She's kind of like worked herself into a nice little niche. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. Christmas movies and NBC live musicals. What's wrong with that? No, I feel like that would be a great life. I would actually I'd be really happy with getting that kind of work on the regular. Same. <laughs> but I am not an actress, so <laughs> Yeah. Um so this week we're watching two movies, which is The Princess Switch and The Night Before Christmas. Um but we're gonna start with The Princess Switch this week. Um mm-hmm. so it stars Vanessa Hudgens in two roles. Mm-hmm. Uh what are those two roles, Abby? Uh, Stacy DeNovo and oh, what the hell is the other girl's name? Uh, Margaret Delacourt, the Duchess of Montanaro. Okay. Sam Palladino as the Prince of Prince Edward of Belgravia, and Nick Sagar as the childhood best friend Kevin Richards. Yes. Um, so basically, we're gonna do, so like lately we've been doing like going through the entire plot, we're gonna just like kind of condense it a little bit just because we have two 
movies to get through this week. Yeah. So, um, basically, what this story is about, there's a baker who lives in Chicago. She's not, like, super big in the Chicago scene, but you can tell she's just, like, right on the verge of, like, making it huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they call her, like, the best-kept secret in Chicago. Her childhood best friend and his daughter, who she happens to be godmother to, come in and see her. At, no, because they work together at this yes. bakery. Um, she, he's the sous chef for her. And he surprises her with a trip to Belgravia for Christmas because they have this, like, internationally renowned baking competition. It gets televised, and it would be, like, a really big break for her. Um, She's a little hesitant because, like, it's a bake shop right before Christmas, and it would be kind of silly to close up your shop right before Christmas. And yet... And yet, um, and she ends up going ahead with it because she ends up running into an ex-boyfriend with a really bitchy new girlfriend. <laughs> and she kind of has to, like, show her up being like, yeah, I got into, like, this super internationally renowned baking competition. Then I'm going to right away because I am cool and important. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up going. They end up staying in, like, this lovely little cottage Um, They go and they see the sights and sounds of this really kind of American-looking European town. (laughs) There's, like, this mysterious man who's, like, kind of been following them around. It's all played by the same actor. So he was in Chicago. Now he's in Belgravia. And then they go to, like, Wembley Studios, which, come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And she runs into uh, Duchess Margaret, who is engaged to the Prince of Belgravia. And what do you know it? They are, like, identical. Yep. Um, So Princess Margaret brings her back to the castle and is, like, under the guise of baking a cake. But she's really like, listen, I really want to go undercover. I want to meet everybody as soon as I saw you. Like, obviously, we're, like, twins. So we need to figure this out. And they even go back and figure out, like, they're probably, like, distantly related and all that jazz. And she's like, let's switch places. My fiancé's going to be out of town. Um, and so then Stacy's like, yeah, sure. They switch places. You kind of get, like, a fun uh, montage which we all know in this house we love a montage, where they're learning how to be each other. Mm. It's very um, parent trap. <laughs> very parent trap, very kind of Princess Diaries at the same time. Yeah. Because um, Margaret's like schlumping like way too hard. And it's mm. like, people do not walk like that, Margaret. Just because <laughs> we don't have like a pull up our back doesn't mean we're like dragging our ass. I mean, mm-hmm. some people drag their ass, but that's usually depression. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Stacy's like walking like she has a stick up her butt instead of her back. And mm-hmm. kind of like floating around the room, and then they're like, "Yeah, it's great, it's perfect, it'll be fine." But like, there's some very easy tells that they both give when they finally do end up switching roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stacy's in the palace. She has Margaret's, um, I guess, assistant. Yeah, stewardess. I don't know who's <clears throat> like in on all of this and is like willing to help her um she wears like fabulous nightgowns to go to bed and Mm -hmm. she goes into margaret's closet and like there's shoes 
and a whole bunch of things. And um, she ends up running into Sexy Prince. (laughs) Sexy Prince Edward. And he's like, I'm sorry, I have to leave. But, like, they're, like, kind of making eyes at each other because they're both, like, really, really ridiculously good looking. Edward Mm -hmm. has, like, a permanent smolder on his face. Like, I think that's just, (laughs) like, how this guy looks. Hmm. She's like, yeah, see ya. I know you have to go deal with Spain, blah, 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 blah. So Margaret goes to hang out with Kevin as Stacy. She's super American, and you can tell because she points at everything because she's a mm. cool American. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and she hangs out with uh, Kevin's daughter, Olivia, and Olivia is, like, suspecting something's up, like, right out the gate. And, like, they hang out in Belgravia for a bit. They go back home to the cottage. Um, she comes down... Um, and so then the next morning, Olivia comes downstairs, and Margaret's trying to cook breakfast terribly. I don't know how you burn toast that bad when you have a toaster, but Margaret has <laughs> somehow accomplished this. And Olivia's, like, super suspicious, and then they do the uh, secret handshake that Olivia and Stacy have, and she's like... Wait, something's up. Who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back at the palace, um, Stacy is like trying to con the king and queen, and the king's kind of like, "What the fuck?" And then we learn that Edward is not actually going to go deal with Spain. He's going to hang out with Lady Margaret so they can get to know each other because they're getting married in like two weeks. So yep, you know. Um, <clears throat> And she's kind of freaking out about it, and the king's like, something's off with Lady Margaret, and he sends his man out to just kind of figure out what the fuck's going on, and this guy's having, like, way too much fun with it. And so uh, Stacy calls Margaret and is like, bro, like, your fiancé's in town, and uh, also there's a ball and you never told me about it, and Lady Margaret's like, ha ha ha, oops, oh, by the way, Olivia totally knows. <laughs> We're best friends now. That and is so, a very good imitation of her <laughs> terrible accent. <laughs> it's not a very good accent whatsoever. No. Stacy kind of has to like go with the flow and everything. Basically, Edward keeps like wanting to take her out on all these dates and they kind of get to know each other a little bit and there's like sparks flying and mm. it's really cute. Lady Margaret is hanging out with Kevin and Olivia, and they're just, like, sightseeing around Belgravia because, like, what the fuck is prep for, like, this really important baking show? Who needs prep, honestly? Nope. What, 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 we, we don't need to plan anything out. Nope. But there's also, like, sparks between them. Mm-hmm. And so there's a ball, and everybody else looks like shit except for Stacy, who looks fucking amazing in uh-huh. her dress. There's apparently, like, no press. Like, it's a charity ball with, like, the elite of the country, and there's, like, no press present, which is suspect. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, this is great. And then, like, they're like, ooh, you're, like, internationally renowned for, like, your piano playing. Like, go play us something on piano. And she's like, fuck, I don't actually know how to play piano because I am not Lady Margaret. I'm Stacey DeNovo. <laughs> and so she tries hard to get out of it. But, like, Edward takes pity on her. And he shows her how to play, like, a couple chords in Carol of the Bells. And they play it together. And it's super charged. And he, like, puts his hand on hers. Romance. Romance. And, like, they're like, 
eye-fucking each other, like, pretty hard at this point. Mm-hmm. And they make a big splash at the ball. And then the next morning, she, like, chats with him. And she's like, hey, like, you know, balls are... <laughs> <laughs> Balls. I'm sorry. She's like, balls are great and all, but, like, have you actually, like, interacted with the people you're supposedly helping? So they go to the orphanage, mm. which is apparently stuck in the 1890s. Um, <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? Oh, I'm just in my little tartan dress that's from 1870 <laughs> instead of 2018. Oh, no. Hey, please, please help. They the go plague and they find, is coming. They find out that, like, the money that the ball raised is really, really helpful. Like, they're going to be able to get them, like, all, like, clothes and everything. Um, but they're not going to get a ton of toys because, like, the essentials have to be the priority. And so they're so then Stacy's like, well, we're going to go get them a whole bunch of fucking toys because this is our charity. Like, let's not, mm-hmm. like, disappoint them for the Christmas, right? And so they go do that. Meanwhile, like, this is, like, just, like, making Edward fall more and more in love with her. And it's the same thing with Margaret and Kevin. They're just, they're just hanging out around Belgravia. There's nothing really of, like, import that happens. But they're both going to, like, meet, basically, at this toy store because Olivia wants to go into the toy store. There's some shenanigans as they try to avoid giving away the plot, basically. (laughs) And they move away, um, but they manage to get out. And so that night, Olivia and Kevin are back home at the cottage. They're watching some Netflix films because, of course, they (laughs) are. Um, I think it was the Prin- Christmas Prince, wasn't it? Yes, I'm it pretty was. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's some tension during the whole thing, and then they end up kissing, and because like Margaret's like way more chill than Stacy, and Stacy is just way more open than Margaret mm-hmm. in terms of like royalty and everything. So. Um, so Kevin's been falling in love with Margaret because she's not Stacy, mm-hmm. and they make out, and then Margaret's kind of like, "Okay, like the we just have to pretend this ever happened," because in her head she's like, "Because I have to switch back with your like actual friend tonight," right. and so they go back to the palace so they can switch places again, and they both realize. <gasps> You're in love with Edward. <gasps> You're in love with Kevin. <laughs> and it's a thing. And so they switch back. Stacy goes and participates in this uh, baking competition. There's this huge bitch that's apparently in this film. And she mm. does try to sabotage Stacy. And, like, her fruit puree was not as smooth as the judges wanted because she wasn't able to actually puree it with, like, mm. the proper tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it doesn't matter because Stacy wins anyway. And uh, oh, Margaret has to be the one to present the ribbon. So they end up getting found out anyway. All everything's kind of revealed. And uh, Edward and Margaret, Edward and Edward kind of like declares his love for Stacy and vice versa with Kevin and Margaret. And then it's Christmas next year. Stacy and Edward are getting married. Kevin and Margaret are together. They're going to plan mm-hmm. a Christmas, New Year's Eve wedding for themselves because that's mm-hmm. a thing. Yep. And they all live happily ever after and nothing of consequence was lost at the end. But there's going to be another one. Oh, right. There is a second one, isn't there? Yeah, there's Fuck. a second one coming. <laughs> 
it says in the sequel, Duchess Margaret unexpectedly inherits the throne of Montanaro and hits a rough patch with Kevin. So it's up to Stacy to save the day before a new lookalike, party girl Fiona, foils their plans. Oh my god. Why do all of these people look like Vanessa Hudgens? <laughs> what was Cousin Cecil up to? <laughs> God damn, you putting it in everything that walks. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so that was a very basic rundown of yeah. the princess switch. Um, so let's kind of go through things that we thought were worthwhile to yes. talk about in this movie. Mm-hmm. Eddie. Because I've oh. been talking a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so some of the things that I really like about this film is I'm a sucker for, um, a switch (laughs) kind Mm. of movie. (laughs) So, like, The Parent Trap is one of my favorite movies. I love, I love the, the Princess and the Popper when I was a kid, the Mm -hmm. Barbie one. Oh my god. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's, this is literally just that story, just in a different kind of way. Mm Um, I, I love the very cheesy idea of, the the commoner teaching the royals how to connect with their people um and somebody who's been told how to act and be their entire life get a chance to explore what it's like to live without scrutiny i love Mm -hmm. those kinds of stories so yeah i think there's a lot of really cute things about this movie it has a relatively diverse cast this is a much more diverse movie than i think i was remembering yeah for a christmas movie especially yeah i i like this movie overall yeah yeah i actually i really liked vanessa hudgens acting yeah in this um and i what i will point out is it i specifically mean the acting when she's like margaret as stacy or mm. stacy as margaret because there was always tells i mean there was like the obvious stuff when like they were first doing it and they were just like kind of getting their feet wet but there was always tells so like stacy always kind of over exaggerates all of her pronunciations mm-hmm. um she always points like mm-hmm. <laughs> margaret as stacy um always points because that's like the american thing to do you go hey pointing pointing yeah that's a thing americans do um and with uh stacy is margaret it was always um just a little too prim just a little too proper Mm. um she didn't talk like an actual person (laughs) um not that she does too much when like they're first chatting but um you can tell there's something off, and I think if people, like, actually knew them fairly well, like, which which we see with Olivia and Margaret, um, you can tell, like, you're not who you say you are. Like, something's happened. There's been a switch. I don't right. know how, but there's been a switch. So, um, I thought that was actually really, really good. Yeah. Um, I also I loved a lot of the costume design. Mm. Uh, um, I was super into Vanessa Hudgens' writing pants. I don't know why. <laughs> I had to write that down. But I did. I love the piano scene between the two yeah. of them. I thought that was so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, and, like, part of it's because, like, I adore the Carol of the Bells. Mm-hmm. And so, but, like, to see Carol of the Bells, but sexy. Ooh. <laughs> 
And I loved her dress in that scene as well. Like, that was, like, a proper ball gown dress. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, and they also do, like, a dance when they're in a gazebo and it's, like, full of Mm. lights. I'm like, oh, my God, that's my dream. It's so romantic. So romantic. I also love the introduction of the idea that there might be, like, a Netflix Christmas movie cinematic universe. (laughs) Yes. So they I love all start it. watching Netflix Christmas movies. Uh-huh. And it's fucking great. So. <laughs> I love it so, 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 so much. Yeah. Which there's hints that there is a Netflix Christmas movie universe uh, in A Night Before Christmas. Yes, which, which we will we'll get into. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Abby, I was going to ask you, so what were your lowlights Um, I hate the she's a commoner thing. I, I hate that kind of, like, plot of, like the, par- like, the parents, uh, the king and queen being all like, I think she's a commoner and a commoner can't be part of this family. Oh, yeah. Like, I hate that shit. I don't know. I don't. I know that you had a lot of issues with this movie. I want to specifically point out the Kevin and Margaret romance because a lot of where Kevin's coming from is based off of who, like he thinks Margaret is Stacy, oh, and so yeah. all of his feelings are these built-up feelings for Stacy that have been building up for however long their friendship has existed, yeah. and suddenly, so Stacy's now sort of becoming a little bit more like his ideal woman and so that's where a lot of his feelings for margaret are coming from and i take issue with the fact that it's kind of presented on an equal level with everybody else because everybody else is really starting off like cold like there's nothing else there the way they're connecting in everything but with kevin it's like he thinks he's falling in love with this specific person and he's not the lie that happens there is actually like kind of brutal like he would really have to be starting from scratch with margaret if he wanted to go for this again and um yeah there's also the fact that like nobody's really considered like margaret comes from like a place of like extreme privilege Mm -hmm. and so, like, are they even going to be able to meet on the same level? Because she was pretending, like, she didn't have that privilege for a really, really long time. So, yeah. I'm, like, I, it's not to say that I don't think that relationship couldn't work. There's obviously, like, a few personality traits that, like, really gel well together there. And that was, like, kind of the whole point of that story. But I feel like Kevin and Margaret's situation is way more complicated than Stacy and Edward's. Yeah. And the film doesn't really acknowledge that. Um, There's also the fact that, like, and, like, this is totally because I go on these little, like, royal binges where, like, I just, like, watch, like, a whole bunch of, like, documentaries about, like, the British royal family on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And that happened to coincide with this week for, I think, because The Crown was out last week. And so that always throws me on. But, um and so, like, I'm looking at this, and, like, you people don't act like actual royals in the 20th century. <laughs> no. Like, you know, like, the idea that you would marry for duty and, like, honor and everything. I'm like, th- like, maybe in the 50s you could have pulled this off. But, like, these days it's more, like, 
there, there would need to be, like, a suitable appropriateness to it, but, like, to forge yeah. bonds between nations, that's done with diplomacy these days, yeah. and less yeah. about forcing your children to pump uglies. Um, <laughs> so there was that. They And, like, you know, a lot of, like, the young modern royals, like, they did, they talk, like, they've obviously had very good educations, right. but they still talk like normal people. Right. <laughs> Betty in this film talks and, like a normal and, and person. There's, there's also more, I mean, like, I'm not trying to be, like, the British royal family is perfect, because, no, God, no. No, no um, I'm not trying to say but that like, at all. They do have more of a connect to the, um, organizations that they're patrons of yes like it's not like they throw a ball for charity and they're like cool it's like no they actually go to these places and like hang out with kids and stuff like that and so like again if this were like a movie and set in like the 40s 50s when the monarchy was a little more like what it used to be Mm -hmm. uh you could pull that off but yeah Unless Belgravia is just years behind its time. Yeah. But it's got, like, this really nice, big, fancy, like, TV studio, which seems a bit bigger than, like, a country of that size necessitates. I don't know. How big is the country? We don't know. We don't know. Where is it? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm guessing it probably northern Europe. Maybe it's, like, a group of islands that's, like, off the coast of Britain. And it happens to be, like, close to Aldovia. And everybody, which is why everybody speaks with English accents over there. Ah. I'm I'm creating my own headcanons for making Netflix Christmas Cinematic Universe make sense. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so there was, like, elements of that where it was, like, you're... Like, there, nobody kind of really seemed like real people. And then there was also the fact that, like... It's very European, but, like, then, like, all the Christmas celebrations are, like, extremely American. So, like, they're talking about turkeys in the oven. I'm like, these people, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's a very kind of American way to deal with it. And I get, like, it's all made by Americans, whatever. But, like, it just didn't feel like the effort was made to really sell us on this being, like, a European country that's a little, like, bass-ackwards. Like, mm. you're that with it to be this American, but you're still, like, forcing your children to marry for diplomacy reasons. Like, I just... I... Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> there was just a lot of things that I just found extremely frustrating with this film. And it did detract from my enjoyment of it. So... Fair. That's what I have to say about that. Also, there's the bitch... The bitch. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I can't remember her name. Um, Brianna. Brianna. Okay, so she won the baking competition last year, and she thinks she needs, she gets to have it in the bag this year, and so she's just like a total bitch to Stacy. And her only reason for existing is to be a bitch, and then she like sabotages Stacy, but Stacy works around it, and she still wins, and so there is no consequence. And like her character is entirely superfluous, and I don't know why I had to see such a blatant stereotype in there. If you're mm. not actually gonna utilize her to her full potential, yeah. like if you're gonna put an evil bitch in there, make her an evil fucking bitch. Don't just like. Throw her in there for the sake of having one of these <laughs> tropes around. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, 
Okay, I think I got everything off my <laughs> <laughs> What did we think about the chemistry between the actors? I think it was there. Yeah. I, I think it was there all right. Vanessa Hudgens' chemistry with Vanessa Hudgens was great. It was um, fantastic, yeah. <laughs> I, I I do enjoy I think it was very much so there, especially between um Kevin and Margaret. Um Yeah, I, I think everybody had some pretty good solid chemistry going on. I don't feel like anybody was phoning it in. No. I would say in the core group they were giving it their all. Yeah. They were really trying to sell it. I think um there was a lot of moments where it was like, Oh, like this is like pretty steamy, like these people are, like, super into each other and super wanna-bang. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, but I felt like outside of that core group, it didn't work. No. If that makes sense. No. Can we kind of get into sincerity a little bit? Yeah. So in terms of sincerity, I feel like everybody in that core group knew that you know, they were making a cheesy Christmas movie, but they were just, like, doing their best to, like, really try and sell it. Whereas mm. everybody else is like, I'm in a cheesy Christmas movie. I don't have mm. to try it all. There, yeah. was, there was, everybody felt like a stereotype. Nobody felt like an actual person. Oh, that's um, fair. The country felt, everything felt fake. Mm. And so it was really hard for me to kind of get into this because nothing felt real. If that makes sense. So I would say the sincerity outside of, like, the core relationships didn't land whatsoever. Like, I don't know if that came from, like, direction or what, but it didn't land for me. I don't know. How about you? I don't know. Because, like, I totally, now that you've said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. But something I guess I didn't, like, pick up on before or, like, didn't bother me before. And maybe that's just because, like, I don't... (laughs) Maybe it's because I don't expect much from Christmas movies. I don't have a high bar or anything. I'll kind of get into this more when we talk about The Night Before Christmas. Okay. But it just felt more out there this time. That's fair. um, Would you say it's full of Christmas cheer? I think so. Yeah? I love a Christmas love story. Yeah. I feel like this didn't have to be set in Christmas. No. This, it just the happened Christmas was to very be. incidental. Yeah. And again, like, and like, this is kind of like part of my, my bigger problem with the movie overall was that like, because nothing felt sincere, like even the Christmas stuff felt very forced. Hmm. Um, and there was like a couple moments where like, with, like with the piano playing and like the dance in the gazebo, like those felt very Christmassy, but... It was there, it just, it didn't work on the same level that it's worked in pretty much everything else we've watched so far, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, so. So, Abby, would you give this a rosé cheer? I mean, like, now I'm scared to say yes. <laughs> we just like, have different opinions on it, Abby. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, I didn't realize that you really didn't care for this movie. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Wow. Did you did you know that going into watching this movie, or was this like a, upon a rewatch that you were like, ugh? I remember not terribly caring for it when I watched it last year, but like now that I had to like sit down and like really focus on it and give it my full attention, I'm like, this movie just like falls apart. Mm. So I wanted to drown my sorrows in beer this wow. when I watched this. I was like, 
this isn't clicking this isn't working um wow i'll i'll give it a glass of rosé tea <laughs> what did Maybe. work for you though like what made this worthwhile for you i don't know i think i think a, a huge thing with me when it comes to movies is i'm very easy to please okay like you don't have to try very hard to get me to at least enjoy myself while watching a movie mm-hmm. um like i said i'm a fucking sucker for these kinds of stories i'm an annoyingly a sucker for uh royalty in christmas movies mm-hmm. um i also just i loved the characters they made me smile <laughs> And I guess I, I just, it was easy to give me what I wanted. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know. I just wasn't like, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty like willing to go with the flow, but like if there's like that much that kind of sticks out about it, then it does take me out of the movie. And there was That's a lot fair. that stuck out about this movie that fair. didn't gel with me. So super fair yeah (laughs) maybe we have similar opinions about the night before christmas maybe i liked it a lot more okay phew okay why don't you tell us about the night before christmas are you like are you like scared to go through i kind of am like this is like (laughs) which is which is totally fine but this is the first time we've very like not like strongly because like i totally understand where you're coming from and i agree with you i think it's just like one of those things where like that's a perfect example of how like some glaring issues like the ones that you mentioned can make or break a movie for some people like Mm -hmm. for me i'm able to be like yeah whatever okay but then for you it's like no like this ruined the movie for me yeah and it did so and that's fair yeah, but it doesn't mean, like, I didn't necessarily see, like, the things that you enjoyed about it and, like, yeah. see why this would, like, work for some people. But right, for sure. I feel like they could have done a better job with it. Amazing how that works. Amazing how we can have two totally different interpretations of a film <laughs> and still not be dicks to each other. Fuck you, and, Abby. And fuck off, Emma. <laughs> I'm allowing you to not like this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you for having a fucking good opinion of this fucking movie. <laughs> I don't, I, I would say, okay, so, like, if we were going to put this movie, like, on a scale of one to ten for me, one being, like, I, this is, I don't give a shit, to ten being, like, this is my favorite movie we've watched so far, I'd probably mm-hmm. give it, like, a solid five. Oh, I would put rank it a four. Okay. So. Because, like, I, I enjoy this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I like putting this movie on in the background. Uh-huh. Um, while I do other Christmassy stuff or I'm doing, I don't know, other stuff in general. Um, but it's not like, oh, my God, I have to watch the Christmas or the, the Princess Switch every year. Like, I'm kind of dreading the idea that we might have to watch its sequel next year. <laughs> oh Maybe the sequel's good. Maybe it'll be good. We'll see. <laughs> Should make for an interesting episode. Of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. <sighs> so let's so, talk about The Night Before Christmas. Yeah, tell me a little bit about The Night Before Christmas. The Night Before Christmas is directed by Monica Mitchell and written by Kara J. Russell. 
two women. Yeah. Girl power. Women's. Women's. Uh, And it stars Vanessa Hudgens as Brooke, Josh Whitehouse as Sir Cole, Emmanuel Sharik as Madison, and Isabel Franca as Claire. So we start our movie in uh, Norwich, 1334. That's a long time ago. That is a long time ago. How did these people meet? Can't make me laugh when I'm coughing. (laughs) Uh... We meet our dear romantic interest, Sir Cole of Norwich. But every time they kept saying Sir Cole, I kept thinking Circle. Circle? Uh (laughs) 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 They're having a big uh, falcon hunt, I guess. And Sir Cole and his brother are planning on working together. Uh, mostly because I guess Sir Cole's brother is being knighted on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sir Cole gets lost in the woods, I guess, and comes across an old crone. And the old crone basically tells him that he has a quest that he must fulfill to become a true knight. But she won't tell him what it is, just that he's going to go to a place with steel flying dragons boxes that make merry and something else <laughs> yes uh and that he has it's it's something it's about a quest of heart basically mm-hmm. and she gives him this glowy medallion and sir cole is transported into 2019 and this is where we introduce brooke she is a high school science teacher and she's comforting her one of her students and telling her that Prince Charmings don't exist. Which is like, okay. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to tell, like, a 15-year-old girl that, okay, doesn't seem like oh, your job no, no, is no, a no, science No, 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 she's teacher. telling her that. She's telling her that because she let this boy get in the way of her focusing on her grades. This is true. So, yes, you do need to, like, give a 15-year-old girl a bit of a wake-up call. Yes, like, your grades need to come before boys at all yes. times. Yes. At all times. But then, as Brooke is leaving school, her sister, Madison, gives her a call and is like, Hey, I promised to take Claire to uh, Christmas ca- the Christmas castle thing. And I can't make it out because the boutique is going crazy because Madison owns a boutique. Uh, and so, Brooke takes Claire... And they're enjoying their time around the Christmas castle thing. And this is where Circle ended up uh, in his time traveling. And he's like, I mean, like, he's a little freaked out. But, like, he's not really phased by everything. No, because he happens to, like, the Christmas castle is kind of set up close to something that he would kind of find recognizable as a medieval Mm. guy. But, like, um, he sees a plane, and he's just like, oh, yeah, a steel dragon. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like that would really well, no, freak but he, out. he was warned about it. He was I warned guess. about it. There's, like, he doesn't understand it, but he was warned about it. This is true. This is true. Oh, well, first, Brooke and Claire go to tell Santa what they, what Brooke wants, or what Claire wants, not Brooke, for Christmas. Uh, Claire wants a puppy. A real one this time. Uh, And we realize that Mrs. Claus is the old crone. Mm -hmm. And then she also wishes that her Aunt Brooke would get a nice boyfriend that wouldn't cheat on her. Because Brooke saw her 
awful, douchey ex-boyfriend at the Christmas castle. And they were like, oh, well, we'll see. Uh, And then not too long after is when Brooke accidentally bumps into Sir Cole and spills all of her hot chocolate on him. (laughs) And he's like, what is this delicious mead? And I'm like, okay, bub. (laughs) I'm telling, I'm sorry. If I had never, he's like, this is pre-New World. I know. like, chocolate must be amazing. To someone oh, God, who's yeah. never had it. So. Oh, God, yeah. Circle keeps trying to get to Mrs. Claus because she's the old crone, but when he does, it is definitely not the old crone. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Brooke is driving home, and it is a terrible snowstorm in Ohio, and again, there are no plows out. This is the Midwest. Why would there be plows in the Midwest, Abby? Come I on. don't know. Fuck if I know. But... <laughs> Uh, she runs in, she literally runs into Circle with her car because <laughs> he was standing out in the middle of the street in the snowstorm. Uh, the police come and they think that he has a head injury and has gotten amnesia. So this is why he thinks he is a 14th century knight because of his head injury. Brooke decides that she's going to take care of him. A stranger. Oh, no. Well, like, because they wanted to take him back to the station so he could, like, oh, yeah. get better. And she's like, yeah. well, that's kind of fucked. I'll just bring him to my comfortable uh, guest house. And I was like, bitch, you're a teacher and you have a guest house. But then we find out she inherited it, so it was fine. Yes. It's like they heard my complaint before they went forward <laughs> with Abby it. About Abby and the she's, she's a millennial teacher and she's able to afford a guest house. Mm. <laughs> No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so she brings Circle back to her guest house and she shows him around and he is enthralled with the freezer. Yeah. Um, and is very frustrated with Alexa. So this is how you know that Amazon helped pay for this movie. Yeah. I'm surprised uh, it didn't stream on Prime. Although they did say Alexa play Christmas carols and... Then it did that, and, like, I'm watching this on my Fire Stick TV, so I paused the movie, and I was like, Alexa, play Christmas carols, and it works. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yeah. Did it start playing the first, like, the act, the song that it starts playing? No. The- I, oh. it, was, uh, it was, like, a Bing Crosby song. Oh, okay. I was a little That's disappointed, kind of I'm not going to lie, but, yeah. Well, no, because I think they also had to, like, keep in mind, um, like, they had to go for, like, whatever the cheapest versions of the songs they could get. Oh, God, yeah. Because it's still, like, a TV Netflix production, so yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. But Circle is annoyed with Alexa and ends up putting her in the freezer. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, uh, Brooke is telling Madison that, yep, I've taken this strange man in. He's staying at the guest house until she looks outside and sees that Circle has lit a fire in the yard. <laughs> And is chasing around a skunk with a sword. (laughs) And she's like, you can't do this. And he's like, you just scared off of my dinner. Or you just scared (laughs) off my dinner. And she's like, you can't eat skunk. (laughs) (laughs) Are there skunks in England? I think so, yeah. But, like, if you're, like, a squire, if you're, like, a knight, like, anything that crawls on the ground is, like, small. Like, I'm sure you could be like, yeah, dinner. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to, like, work around that anal gland, but yeah, sure, <laughs> dinner. <laughs> I hate it. This is why you're not in healthcare. Well, no, you are in healthcare. You're just in the brain part of healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Brain only. <laughs> yeah. But let us know if there are skunks in England. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so she's like, there are other ways of obtaining food. And so they go to a diner and he has his first burger and hot chocolate. And Brooke's awful ex-boyfriend comes and he's like, I will defend your honor because he cheated on her. And mm-hmm. she's just like, no, you can't because you're wearing his clothes because she had to get him some clothes for him to borrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they call him um, the douche. The douche. And they don't ever call him anything else throughout the movie. No. He's just the douche. The douche. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they go back home and Brooke puts on... You guessed it, Netflix Christmas movies for him. And they're watching the holiday calendar. Yep. And Great then taste. He's, <laughs> he's later watching, um, oh, is silly. it Christmas in the Wild or Holiday in the Wild? Holiday in the Wild. Which yeah, I tried to watch and couldn't get through because it was real uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's something else. <laughs> Abby, like, texted me and was like, yeah, this movie's super white. And I tried to watch it. I'm like, no, this is too white. Oh, no, it's obnoxiously white. (laughs) It's obscenely white. Yeah, I couldn't do it. (laughs) Anyway, Cole watches that. uh, And then the next morning is totally able to recreate American accents and American slang. Because he listened to... First of all, what Netflix movie is going to autoplay all night? That thing stops at three episodes. Who the <laughs> fuck are you trying to, like, kid Netflix? We're watching you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What's happening at this point? What is she doing with him? All I know is that it's December 19th, and they're just, like, totally chill. Oh, because... yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember. Um, So... Brooke comes over to see how he's doing, and he's just, like, saying, like, it's lit, bro. Um, (laughs) Like, totally is unfazed by everything. Uh, And she ends up watching uh, Netflix with him all fucking day. <laughs> and like and they fa- and she falls asleep and like she ends up falling asleep on his shoulder and he puts a blanket over her and it's very cute and then he has a nightmare with the old crone telling him like he has to fulfill his quest otherwise he'll never get to come back to 1334 England for his brother's knighting ceremony on Christmas day so he has until midnight on Christmas Eve to be able to fulfill his quest and so he freaks out wakes up Brooke wakes up and is like, well, so much for productivity today. And that's the end of day 19, December 19th. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm watching this and I'm like, it's the future. Like on December 19th, I'm just going to be a total mess. And I'm just going to like not be focusing on anything. And here she is gallivanting with the night. And like, I can't relate because it's Star Wars day and I can't relate. And like... (laughs) It keeps going after the 19th, and, like, these people will have seen Rise of Skywalker, and they're not reacting to it, and I don't know what to do. 
Oh my god. This future, this is too futuristic. You know what it's like without Star Wars now. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god, Emma. (laughs) Fuck, that's, that's not this coming week, but the week after. I know. But like, that's the headspace I'm in right now. Oh, Emma. Uh. <laughs> Emma. Anyway, I think it's the next day when they're putting up Christmas decorations together. Yes. I believe. Um, yes. And there is a box of special Christmas decorations that Brooke has not opened since her parents passed away. Um, and Sir Cole talks about his time as a knight and how he hasn't seen his parents since he became a squire when he was like. 13 um and he carries them with him in his heart and that helps kate or kate wow i'm on last week's christmas movie yeah, uh, the fuck? <laughs> that helps brooke uh be able to open up the box and put up some of those those gifts we also find a little bit more about like sir cole's background he was a something well, and then he was a squire and then he became a knight yeah um which was like the pretty standard progression for yeah. guys who became knights. So he was knighted in thirteen twenty eight by Edward the Third. Um, I'll get into that later. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the is going to come out later. I'm like, so excited for this. <laughs> anyway, so they're putting up the Christmas decorations, and the next thing they're going to do is put up the tree. And Brooke has this very nice uh, fake Christmas tree. It is a white Christmas tree. Um, and Sir Cole fucking judges her for it and is like, no, we're getting you a real tree. And so they well, go sorry, to... Sorry, hang on, hang on. Where do you mm. fall on the real tree versus fake tree discourse? Um, I've never had a real tree. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is allergic to pine. And... Oh, that's a perfect reason to never have a real tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also we have pets, so I mean, Mm. keeping them from not eating the tree, (laughs) because the cats try to eat the fake tree to begin with. Yeah. Um, But I I do really enjoy having a fake tree, just because I can keep it up as long as I want. Yeah. Um, I don't have to worry about, like, feeding it. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, watering it. That's what I meant, watering it. Yeah. And I mean, like, you buy it once. And that's it. And then you have to, like, figure out how to throw it out. And I just don't have that kind of energy. No. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm sure having a real tree is very nice. And makes it very festive. But, like. Well, and, like, we had, like, our fake tree forever. So, eventually, like, the needles started falling off. And it was just like having a real tree. (laughs) You know. Yes. More plastic. Yeah. Organic, <laughs> but I think my parents have had their tree for since I think for like twenty eight years, twenty eight, twenty six, twenty eight years, something like oh my that. God. That tree is so, as old as I am. That tree's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I'm I'm looking at my Christmas tree right now, and I'm like, this will last us for a long time because we literally just bought it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. so. But yeah, so they go to a Christmas tree lot to cut down a tree. Um, Brooke's fucking poncho that she's wearing in this scene, Super I'm obsessed cute. with it. 
I okay. I was gonna like wait till highlights, but I am obsessed with her wardrobe in this movie. It is yes. so fucking cute. I want all of it. Yes. Oh my god. All of oh it. And, like is maybe good. not like the big dress for like the big feast scene because like mm. I wouldn't look good in that. But everything else, yes. 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 Ten anyway, out of ten would agree. Yes. Um, and Cole shows her that he can cut down a tree with one hack. Yep. And then some bro decides to try and do it too. And he does it. And he can do it too. So it's like not a thing. It's like not a big deal. Everybody can do it. You Mm -hmm. can do it too. So they bring the tree home and then Cole asks to borrow her steed. Her steel steed, which is her car. Mm Mm-hmm. And Brooke is like, oh, you must be getting your memory back if you remember how to drive. And decides to give him the keys. You fool. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Even if he, you know, even if he truly was from this time and just had amnesia. But he, he just had a serious head injury then. If he had amnesia. He should not be operating heavy machinery. No. Ugh. No. Anyway. He, so he Cole, doesn't actually drive it anywhere because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's just pressing all the buttons because it's a smart car on top yeah. of everything else. So. Well, he is able to drive it far enough so that he can get back to the Christmas castle. Okay. To try and find the old crone. Um, it is, again, not the old crone. He just keeps calling this poor woman old crone. <laughs> she doesn't have a name for what it's worth. Like, I looked up the cast list, and even at the end, and it just calls her old crone. I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Give the woman a name. Yeah. So he has a uh, conversation with Father Christmas about, like, trying to find his quest. And, you know, it's all, he gives them, like, oh, you know, it comes from within and blah, da, 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 da. You know, typical Christmassy stuff. Um, the police officer comes and sees that Brooke's car is parked on a sidewalk in town and notifies Brooke. Brooke comes to the Christmas castle and they have a heart to heart because he's just like, I don't know what my quest is. It's supposed to test my weaknesses. And Brooke is like, okay, well, what are your weaknesses? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, really? Come on, dude. <laughs> This is basic, like, yearly review stuff, man, and you've never really thought about it. Typical mm-hmm. white man. This <laughs> is yearly review stuff. He comes in to, to whoever he's a knight for, and they're like, Sir Cole, what would you say your weaknesses are? <laughs> and he'd be like, well, it's probably that I work too hard. Yeah, exactly. I care too much uh, about yes. the outcomes of my quests. <laughs> I think now at this point, Brooke decides to just play into him thinking he is a 14th century knight. And so she shows him a live feed of the Tower of London. And he's just like, what are all of these prisoners doing there? And she has to explain to them to him that those are tourists, not prisoners, because there hasn't been a prisoner in the Tower of London since the 50s. Uh, and he's like, what the fuck? This is fucked up, ma'am. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so they are at, they're at Brooke's place decorating the tree and Madison and Claire come over to help. And this is when we get our Netflix cinematic universe uh, because there is an acorn ornament 
that Madison pulls out and tells Claire, your grandma and grandpa got this on their trip to Aldovia. What? Which is where the Christmas Prince takes place. Oh, it's all connected. So now I'm wondering if the Princess Switch, like if Belgravia exists in this universe as well, and there are just a million and one people that look like Vanessa Hudgens running around. Oh, yeah. Like I said, Cousin Cecil just is like a total man whore. <laughs> he, just, he just put it in anything that moved and would let yep. him. So, so yeah. So Cole teaches uh, Claire how to sword fight. It's very cute. There's some dumb issues that go on with this jealous girl down the street uh, that wants Cole. At first, I think she was, like, hanging out with her mom, but somebody said, like, come on, honey, and I thought she was saying that to the other woman, the older woman. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, lesbians? But no, not lesbians. (laughs) Very disappointing. Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So then we have a cute moment with Claire and another girl in the neighborhood. Um, They're playing outside, and the little girl doesn't have gloves. Um, And we find out it's because her family... Her dad is a single dad of, I think, four children. Um, Mm -hmm. Their mom had passed away, and he's working, like, three jobs uh, and can't afford to get them new gloves. And so Claire gives her hers, which is very sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, And we go to to where they are hosting the annual Christmas feast that Brooke's parents started, and she keeps that tradition alive. Um, And so this is where they also raise money for charity and stuff like that. Uh, and the little girl's dad volunteers his time. So not only is he working three jobs <laughs> and raising four children, he volunteers. That's a bit much, buddy. Are you yep. sleeping? Are you okay? Are you okay? Because, like, if you're working three jobs and you have free time, like, spend it with your kids. Nobody's yeah. going to. But then he's like, but I have to be a good role model for my children. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whoever wrote this is not actually met somebody who has to work three jobs. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) So Cole and Brooke go grocery shopping for the feast. Uh, Cole gets like a million and one things of uh, hot chocolate. And it's very cute. And then like she tells him we only need one can. And he proceeds to put like ten in the (laughs) cart. And like looking at her like, fuck you, we're getting ten. (laughs) Exactly. Um, is this happening get used to it (laughs) (laughs) and while they're at the grocery store brooke runs into her student from the beginning of the movie talking about how she's gonna follow her goals and it's like yes girl do your thing she tells cole to get rolls he starts eating the rolls at the grocery store and says they're terrible i'm going to make bread because apparently he can make bread as well so her and cole go home to bake the bread i guess this is the Great British Baking Show, mm-hmm. the Great British Bake Off. And he knows how to do it perfectly with white flour. Yep. And he even includes, like, the Christmas bean. So if you find the Christmas bean, you become the king or queen of the feast, and you get to make your own wish. Yep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, basically. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but then Brooke gets a call from Madison saying that they can't find Claire, um... Cole and Brooke run out to go and find them. Cole is an expert tracker, because why not? Um, and he finds they find Claire and the little girl 
by a pond. The little girl is like falling over into a bank of snow for some reason. And Claire is out in the middle of the pond, the frozen pond, um, because they got lost in all of the snow. And Cole instructs her to uh, come like a snail on her Mm -hmm. belly to go across the ice, which is good advice. If you were ever stuck on a frozen pond, (laughs) do that. (laughs) You just have to basically spread your body weight as large as you can. Yep. And that's the best way to avoid falling in. Yep. This is what you learn when you grow up in cold environments. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) 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 Um, So Cole saves Claire and everyone's like, oh my God, you're amazing. And the police officer's like, you should be a police officer. And I'm like, ew. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. (laughs) Yeah. And so... Cole and Brooke are having a moment where she's, like, thanking him for saving her niece and, like, having this very nice heart-to-heart and they almost kiss and then get interrupted by uh, Brooke's, or uh, Claire's dad coming home from his business trip. Um, Brooke and Cole go back to the Christmas castle to see if there's anything else that they can find for uh, Cole's quest. But then this old lady who just keeps randomly showing up... uh, it gets pickpocketed, and Cole takes down the pickpocketer. And again, they say, you should be a cop. And I'm like, ew. Ew. The next day, they are continuously making bread. And they're going to go get ready for the Christmas feast. Um, Cole doesn't know how to tie a tie. Neither does Brooke, and it's actually kind of cute. Uh, Brooke comes down in this gorgeous red dress like form fitting but then like is like a little mermaidy at the knees it's beautiful and it's like lacy mm-hmm. and it looks really good on Vanessa Hudgens mm-hmm. it's gorgeous yeah. yeah um Brooke is like I I think we've figured out like I think you've you fulfilled your quest at this point like you you saved my niece you helped the old lady but I guess he was just like no I think I think this next way is how I'm going to fulfill my quest. So he organizes at the Christmas feast for the family, that family who um, has a lower socioeconomic status that's struggling a little bit. He got all of the kids in that family gifts. Or he was able to organize it, so that was the case. And organized so that the dad would get some money for Christmas. Yeah. Um, and it's very sweet. And so that's at the Christmas feast. And then he dresses up in his armor to take pictures with all of the kids and stuff like that. And the jealous girl or the like person who would be there to be the bitchy girl comes up and is like, I have mistletoe and that means we have to kiss. And he looks at Brooke and she goes, actually, I think you should save this for somebody you want to use this on. And I was like, wow, subverting expectations. There you go. There you go. Um, People can learn and grow and be better. Yep. There you go. So Cole, at the end of the night, ends up getting to kiss Brooke because of the mistletoe. And wouldn't you know it, the old crone comes out of nowhere. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he realizes, or rather, his uh, medallion starts glowing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, shit. And they realize that his quest was allowing himself to love. Yeah, because he had actually put aside a relationship before so he could finish his um, training. Yeah. So, and we never really learned what happened to the lady in this regard, but... probably um, died. Yeah, probably of consumption or 
Maybe it's the, 1400s. Maybe it's the 14th century. <laughs> so the pox, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the plague. No, not quite yet. Not, not quite, quite yet? yet? Okay, no. a pox. There yes. we go. Um, <coughs> so they Maybe she drank some dirty water. <laughs> but it, probably it was England. They're still drinking <laughs> dirty water. <laughs> so they returned to the Christmas castle where Cole originally popped in from. And they have this, him and Brooke have this declaration of love. And they both don't really want to go. But Brooke is like, you need to do this. You need to be back for your brother's nighting. Um, and Cole is like, I will always love you and stuff like that. And he disappears. And Vanessa, Hud- Vanessa Hudgens, Brooke is walking home and runs into her student again. And her student's like, oh, my ex-boyfriend wants to get back together. But I said no, because I'm focusing on my goals. And then Brooke tells her, you know, I was wrong about what I told you before. Like, love does exist. And you should allow yourself to experience it, which is good advice. Mm-hmm. While focusing on your goals. Yes. She doesn't say don't forget your goals. She's like, no, like, balance. Balance. Yep. Balance. Balance is good. So Brooke goes home and is sad and looking at all of the things like he left behind his gauntlets um and then she finds she <laughs> is eating the bread and finds you guessed it the bean what and she <laughs> wishes that cole was still here she finds an ornament on the tree that wasn't there before and it was one that cole made yeah. back to 1334 cole comes back and has a very lovely heart to heart with his brother tells his brother that like an old crone came and gave me a quest and gave the, me this medallion. And no, his brother doesn't have the sense to accuse him of being insane and the crone of being a witch, which would have happened. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just like, I had to learn how to how to love and allow myself to put love in front of being a knight. And his brother is like, go back. Go find your Lady Brooke. And he's just like, but your ceremony... And I'll never see you again. And he's just like, this is more important. And so he goes. And it's actually a very sweet moment between the two brothers. It is Christmas Day, present day. Claire gets a puppy. And the puppy is very cute. It was so cute. It was cute. I was like, oh, that's going to be a yuppie puppy. Somebody didn't think this through. (laughs) It's going to be a very yuppie puppy. But But he has very very, cute. He has cute ears. Yeah, and he just snuggles right up into Claire. Yeah, he's so cute. (laughs) What did she name him? Oh, she named him Knight. Yeah. After Cole. Good name. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brooke gets to Madison's house for Christmas, is very depressed. Um, They're like, where is Cole? And she's like, he's not coming back. Cole, flashback to England in 1334. Cole finds the old crone in the woods and is like, please send me back. I know what my quest is now, and I and I want to be with her. And she sends him back. They go to the mm-hmm. Christmas castle in present day. Cole ends up coming up to 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 Brooke on his horse. I guess his horse came with him this time. <laughs> uh, and he's like, I came back for you, and I'm going to stay here. And then they kiss, and they ride off on Cole's horse together. Uh, and that's where the movie ends, but we get a little bit of a credit scene. There's an epilogue. Yep. Which gives me an idea that maybe there might be a second one. <laughs> 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 we go back to 1334 England after Cole's brother has been knighted and the old crone comes up to him 
and tells him about a quest and has a different glowing medallion. And then that is the end. That was Night Before Christmas. Yes. So, what were your highlights, Miss Abby? Um, uh, again, I'm just a sucker for this kind of style of movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love time travel movies. I love historical time travel movies. So when I heard about this, I was like, holy shit, it's hitting all of my buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love... Um, I think Cole is a really sweet character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he really cares about other people, uh, and I really, really enjoy that. What were some of my other highlights? It was funny in a lot of places. It was hilarious. Yeah. Like, they really played everything. Like, there is, like, that awkward moment, but, like, it's played very sincerely, so you're like, yeah, that would be really confusing. And yeah. Yes, I would be obsessed with hot chocolate if that was the first time I'd ever had it. Right. Like, I watched, I made um, my partner watch this with me, and he was none too pleased. Um, but even he was doing, like, the strong exhale out of the nose to sinu- insinuate uh, <laughs> laughter every once in a while. <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> so even he probably thought it was funny at some point. <laughs> I think overall it was a very basic and generic Christmas movie in that like love conquers all kind of thing. But I Mm -hmm. thought it was cute and fun. Yeah. I love this movie. And like I mentioned earlier, but like one of the highlights was like Vanessa Hudgens wardrobe. Like I want all of it. It was so good. And she had like all these high waisted pants and like Mm -hmm. all these really nice shirts and like that white sweater with the puff sleeves. Yes. Yes. Please. Where can I buy that? Please. Please. Um, I thought that uh, the premise was very fantastical, but it played really, really well. I love that. Um, I love their chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I love the setting of the town that they were all in. I thought that was fantastic. Um, low lights for this movie. I can't <laughs> think of much. The only one I can really think of is they didn't give the crone a name. Like, she's yeah. this, like, magical, fantastical lady. Like, let's give her a name. I would like to stand. Also, she's, and, like, at first it was like, oh, that's a woman who has, like, seen cell phones, just, like, the way her hair was done. And then I yes. realized, oh, that's because she has seen cell phones. She's been all over. <laughs> so, that was actually one of those. <laughs> you know how, like, some people just have that look about them where you're like, yeah, you know what a cell phone is. <laughs> you, you, you chat with people on FaceTime. This is yes. like normal for you. And she had like perfect eyebrows that were yeah. that matched her hair color. Yeah. That was not like a crony crone, crone crone. That was no. someone who bounces around timelines a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And I think yeah. There wasn't a ton of low lights for this one for me. How no. about you? My <laughs> My lowlights are my... Oh, no, 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 wait. It was the copperganda about the whole movie. It was like, cops are good. Oh, cops yeah. everybody. I was Fun like, cops. Hmm. I mean, like, it's a Christmas movie. I don't think we're going to, like, get the most nuanced take on police forces at the moment. But, mm, Baby Yoda says, fuck the police. Fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I didn't like that. But no, that was kind of like the very low point of this movie for you. But like, I also kind of get it because like knights are 
cops. Cops. They're they're literally cops because they were hired by rich people to protect their interests. Yep. They're cops. Yep. So. <sighs> my low lights are my stupid, uh, nitpicky, unbelievable suspensions of disbelief. Okay, tell me about the historical accuracies in this movie because I really want to hear it from you. So. <laughs> Uh, 14th century England is not my area of expertise. However, I do know that in 1328, this was still two years before um, Edward III was out of his regency. So, at that time, when Cole would have been knighted, would not have been by Edward III himself. It probably would have been done by Roger Mortimer, his regent, um, okay, but, like, what if it was, like, Edward III himself that knighted him? Like, would like would he be well within his rights to knight people as a 16-year-old boy? Um, I mean, technically, yes. Um, but the thing is, is, um, it, it, it wasn't, like, a, a pleasant regency. Oh, okay, never mind. It, <laughs> it wasn't, like, um... They were getting along just fine and dandy. Uh, Roger Mortimer was very much so trying to be the king and eventually, like, unseat Edward III. I see. I see. Um, Okay, I get that. So he would not let him have any, like, special perks. No. Okay. (laughs) Um, So they had to basically uh, do a coup, essentially, to get Edward's full power back in 1330 um wow. and then once mortimer was executed uh edward iii began his actual personal reign thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> so that was <laughs> i was like no this is this fake no it works it's fake is not no <laughs> um but i i was i that was my stupid thing i'm like you wouldn't have been knighted by him himself shut up yeah how would you find the the chemistry between the two leads and the chemistry between the cast itself i think it was fun i think it was great i thought they i thought they worked really well together yeah um you could see like they're growing close together it works really well um and then like the rest of the cast was like totally on board with this movie so like they all worked it off each other really really well um and yeah and like you really felt the love between like um i've already forgotten everybody's names brooke and cole no brooke and uh claire brooke and claire like you could tell like they're really close you could tell brooke and madison were close like the it all just kind of really gelled together like the family aspects worked really really well so uh Christmas cheer for that. Um, Sincerity. This was a very sincere movie. Everybody was giving their all. um, From, like, the lowest actors to the main cast. Everybody was in there trying to make the best movie they could. So. Agreed. I would definitely. And I think that's why it worked better for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, somebody in the director's chair was like, no, like, play this like you would any other scene. This is, this is going to be, this is going to, and that's what makes the difference, I think, between, like, a cheesy Christmas movie and a Christmas classic. 
Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a cheesy Christmas movie is like, we're just here making a cheesy Christmas movie. Wink, wink. Whereas like a Christmas classic, it's like you're trying to tell a story. And this is a yeah. movie where they were trying to tell a story. I wonder if maybe one of the big differences is, so uh, The Prince of Switch was directed by a man, Mike Roll, Mm -hmm. and then The Night Before Christmas was directed by Monica Mitchell, and I wonder if, like... That made a difference? Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's crossed my mind as well. I don't have access to their brains, but it, it came like, and, like, I was actually having this discussion with somebody earlier where they said, like, people who expect opportunities don't necessarily give their all. Mm. Whereas people who are, like, given opportunities that they wouldn't expect are going to put all of their effort into it. And I'm wondering if that was sort of a situation we were seeing with the two movies here. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't have access to their brains, so I can't say for sure one way or the other. But yeah. the difference in how these two movies were directed, and I would say it comes down to direction. Um, yeah, I agree. Is quite stark. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christmas cheer was all over this movie. Yes. It was very, like, the set design was fantastic. It was set in, like, this very snowy little town, so that really worked out well. Um, everybody looked fabulous. Like, they were always in their Christmas best, which I think just adds <laughs> to the whole vibe of everything. Like, he's even, like, in, like, a cheesy Christmas sweater when he first gets, uh, <laughs> the douche's clothes. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Yeah. I thought the Christmas cheer was really coming off really well in this movie. And they even highlight a couple night scenes. And I feel like Christmas at night, you really have to you really have to do well with night scenes in Christmas movies and they did a good job. So Yeah. And you know, it gives me all of the Christmas cheer that Cole gets to be saved from the plague. Yes. He doesn't have to worry about it. He's gonna be in the era of antibiotics. Yep. Everything's he misses- gonna be great. He misses it by, let's see. A couple years? Mm, 14-ish. Oh, that's great. Great timing. Right? Yeah. And so. then he gets to come over here and, like, get vaccines and antibiotics right. and, like. So. Otherwise, he 100% hygiene. would have died from the plague. <laughs> yes. No so good job, Cole. That. You made the right choice, Cole. Yes. <laughs> anyway so i would give this a rosé cheer how about you i agree yeah i actually i hope i get to watch this again next year i thought this was super super cute probably i think out of i think it's up there with like the holiday calendar and like how well this movie was made yeah um i really really enjoyed it yeah me too so and yeah i think i mentioned that before like this was a movie where everybody was really trying and with the princess switch they just weren't trying as hard and so the princess switch expected me to like it because it was a cheesy christmas film and this one was like no we're gonna tell you a movie and like the premise of this movie is far more fantastical than the princess switch Mm. in its own way but, like, I believe that, like, a knight met an old crone and got sent to 2019. And I was down for that this entire movie. Whereas with The Princess Switch, I'm like, that's... It didn't work for me. <laughs> that's so, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, suspension... Unbelievable suspension of disbelief. I don't think there was any. I think it was, like, any time I would have had, like, a, like something that would have been, like, excuse me, like... 
somebody was like, no, wait, we can uh, we can sort this out. This is this is the explanation. I was like, oh, thank you mm. very much. You know, <laughs> so I already yeah, said what mine can, was. <laughs> yeah. But like I like a teacher being able to afford a house that big. But if her parents had owned that house and paid it off. Right. I mean, as long as she wasn't hit with too big of an inheritance tax, like, yeah, okay. She could right. probably afford to keep up that house. Like, why not? So, next week, we are watching <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars Holiday Special. Um, I don't know if Rosé is going to be enough to get me through this. No. I'm going to say that. Uh, I'm going to hit up the cannabis store later today. <laughs> <laughs> Twas the weekend before Star the rise Wars. of Skywalker. Therefore, we are going to watch the Star Wars holiday special. We're going to learn about Life Day. Woo! We're going to meet Chewie's family. Woo! Lumpy. Lumpy, we're going to we're going to and itchy. Can't and itchy. itchy. We're going to watch some Wookiee porn. Yeah. And uh, Princess Leia is going to sing a song while being high as a kite. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is going to have so much eyeliner and makeup on. So much eyeliner because he was still, like, pretty banged up from his car accident. Yup. Harrison Ford's not really sure why he's there. <laughs> <coughs> Boba Fett is animated. Oh, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing, like, the full animated short. Yeah. I think that's going to be great. Yeah. And it was produced by a Canadian company. Just saying. Wow. Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter, at Rosé Till Xmas Day, where we will uh, let you know about upcoming schedules and let you know about future episodes um, and uh, talk about our favorite Christmas stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at emphasis, that's E-M-F-Y-S underscore N-E-S-T. How about you, Abby? You can find me on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia. We upload this podcast to the Sapphic Skywalkers and Lousy Beautiful Town feeds, so you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean if you are a browser listener. How shall we end this? Don't be Vanessa Hudgens. Don't be like Vanessa Hudgens. Be more like Brooke. Yeah. Brooke wouldn't like Woody Allen. No, Brooke would not like Woody Allen. Brooke would be like, listen, Vanessa, focus on your career goals in other ways. Yep. Not with abusive men. Yep. And with that, have a merry, happy week. Woo. See you next time. Jingle-ingle-ingle. Jingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle-ingle